Hello, welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I'm your host, Tab London. And I'm your other host, Joey Cronwell. And today we are going to be talking through the news, uh, going through what we've been playing recently. And then uh, the feature for today's episode is our favorite Pixel Pals. Oh, yeah. My, are you excited? Uh, I'm very excited. I love I love animal companions in games. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm always excited when I hear that a game has some the ability to take a furry friend with you. So yeah, for me, it's it's kind of like when I find out there's relationships in games, yes, or like I can yeah. build my own house. I just get excited about those little like yeah. everyday things. But it's cool to see them in video games. So. Yeah, like I feel like we should have episodes about house building and house making, like homemaking and like having your own castle and stuff like that. Ah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely aspects to games like that that I'm just like immediately like I'm probably going to pre-order that game. Well, not all the time, but it, it definitely yeah. catches my eye. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what do we have for the news? You were talking about where did you hear? You heard a rumor about an, a Sega acquisition, didn't you? From somewhere? I don't yes, from Reddit, from the, okay. the games, rumors and leaks subreddit. Right. Yeah. And it was marked as like with a grain of salt, right? So it's like which is not... much of the content on that subreddit, right. to be fair. Yeah, but... <laughs> but I find it so fascinating because that's something that I have been aware of, literally going all the way back to about two thousand two thousand one, when Sega mm -hmm. got out of the hardware game and they became primarily a software developer and publisher um, because the the quote unquote failure of the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. And immediately there were rumors, is Nintendo going to buy them? And then when Microsoft came around, are they going to buy them? And those rumors have persisted. And I'm just, you know, for literally for 20 years, I've been like kind of rolling my eyes every time they come around. But recently on the Game Industry uh, Biz podcast, they talked about how Sega's parent company has split their divisions essentially in terms of their stock. And mm -hmm. so now the games division, the Sega games division is on its own and they suspected or they postulated that it might be potentially because of the the desire to sell and yeah. to, to sell their games division to, to a company. And so, of course, then those rumors came back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. And now I think the discussion, the one that I saw immediately was Microsoft Microsoft is not shy. We've already talked about them buying Discord. Right, right. They have like an inkling and they're like, that company's logo has a pretty color in it. Let's buy them. Like they just buy anything. <laughs> so, All the jewels. Right. We need like, it. <laughs> they're like the, the Thanos of the gaming acquisition <laughs> world. So it wouldn't be surprising. But your rumor that you saw was Sony, right? Sony, which initially you seemed a bit hesitant about. But think about like the powerhouse that that would be i yeah no i agree it's just that's a rumor that i feel like sony is almost always left out of that rumor mm -hmm. game it's always nintendo or microsoft because those two make a lot of sense microsoft has been wanting to to make a a like get a foothold in jet in the japanese market for a long time they made a big push mm -hmm. with the 360 and it didn't work out but acquiring one of the biggest most his you know storied gaming de developers and publishers from japan would would be instantaneous you have the yakuza mm -hmm. games the persona games all you know atlas all these different companies um to, to make games that were would instantly be a hit that makes sense nintendo makes sense because of course nintendo has always been in the 
uh, family friendly mascot market having mm-hmm. sonic the rival to mario <laughs> back in the day you know and looking at like the the smash brothers roster it just would it would make sense for nintendo to buy them too i don't think nintendo would nintendo's very conservative with their ac- acquisitions yeah that one would surprise me more than sony honestly yeah um but Sony would surprise me for a similar reason because Sony is also very careful with their acquisitions. Like they don't make acquisitions quite as readily as Microsoft does. They seem to make acquisitions like they did recently with Insomniac Games, where they are looking at, you know, how you know, have we worked closely in the past? Have you like Insomniac's been making games that have been going all the way back to the PlayStation, the PlayStation one. So it makes sense that they would purchase them, but look how long it took with Sega. Sega has been, you know, I mean, okay, that's where I started. I started with that kind of doubt of like, well, but it doesn't make sense. But then I thought about it. And if Sega is really, does it really wants to sell, they are a Japanese company and Japanese companies um, are notorious for being fairly protective and fairly kind of like insulated Mm-hmm. Um, they want to honor and do brand, do, do business with other Japanese companies. That's not to say they won't work with Western companies, of course, but a lot of times they try to keep things kind of in house. And so selling to Microsoft might, depending on Sega's parent company, I don't, I'm not as familiar with them, um, might seem like a little bit of a, of a risky move. Like you're selling to this Western company mm-hmm. who, who knows what they're going to do with the business. Are they going to honor the history and tradition right, of the right. Sega brand. Whereas if you sell it to Sony, a Japanese company who, you know, is, is obviously very successful in Japan, they will know what to do with these, these big franchises, the Yakuza games, the persona games. Um, I guess I just don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it. I think it would be exciting. I, I would be uh, excited for Nintendo or Sony to acquire Sega, I'd be a little bit more nervous about Microsoft, but um, what do you mm-hmm. feel about it? I, how did you, like, what were some of the people in those threads saying? I mean, there's always so much speculation on that subreddit. <laughs> 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 I don't take it with a grain of salt. I take it with, like, a whole bag of salt. Because <laughs> um, I've seen some some pretty wild things. Like, there was one uh, a couple weeks ago. It was like, Rockstar's going to be announcing da 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 it never happened. Like people just pull shit out of, you know, and they're like yeah. this well-known leaker. And it's like when you look at, I mean, there are some people who have like decent track records for that thing, but half of it is just bogus um, or more than half. I think I, w- I would not be as surprised if Microsoft acquired that, but just because they have been making a lot of big acquisitions um, but I do think it would be very interesting if if Sony got their hands on that, because then potentially, I mean, I don't know that they would, but what if Yakuza, for example, was a franchise that was like a Sony exclusive at launch? Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. I could definitely see that. I think I would be a little shocked, I think, if Nintendo acquired them just because, like, I understand the whole like thing with Sonic, but I don't know that I can see them putting out like yakuza games like i don't know that's that's interesting yeah that would be interesting but i think it's like a different flavor i guess i don't know right but also so there's the shin megami tensei 5 is coming to the switch but like everyone's been calling for persona 5 to come to the switch since essentially it came out Mm -hmm. and that's not happened and there's been no news about that so that that could be part of this a lot of times when an acquisition happens you look back and you're like 
well, mm-hmm. what were the things that were or were not happening? And that could be part of it is they could have That's been holding true. off on That's a Switch true. version because they're potentially going to be selling to Sony or Microsoft. Yeah. I would, I, I agree with you. I don't think, I feel like Nintendo is unlikely. I think it would be exciting because I feel like, you know, Sega has made some acquisitions like we've talked about with Atlas. They bought Atlas. Atlas has come out with the Shin Megami Tensei games, Persona, which has become really big, Yakuza, or not, sorry, not Yakuza. Um, and would then, like, let's just say that that did happen. Would those games then be considered, like, second party for the system? Well, if if, if they were purchased outright or majority stake, it would be first party. Um, okay. Second party okay. would be if they had a minority stake, as far, as far as my understanding. So if they bought, like, back in the day, the best example was Rare. Nintendo owned, I think, like a 49 or 50 percent share in rare so they didn't own rare outright but they owned enough to basically kind of control them or keep them yeah okay okay. um they sold their stakes and and microsoft bought other stakes that's how microsoft got rare was they they bought nintendo stakes and more stakes to get them over 50 percent um but but yeah so I, i i wonder if that would happen too the thing that i i was talking about a while ago with you was I think it would be exciting for Square Enix to mm-hmm. merge with Sega. I don't know mm-hmm. if Square Enix is big enough to purchase them outright. Yeah. But if we think back, Square Enix used to be Squaresoft and Enix. They were two separate mm-hmm. companies. They were successful in their own right and they were very big. You know, Square had the Final Fantasy games and, you know, the Xeno Gear and Xenosaga games and um Chrono Trigger, all these big old, you know, jrpgs and enix had dragon quest which was huge in japan and so they were both successful on their own but they looked at the the move toward a more global market and said well if we join together we can perhaps bring our our you know brands and ips to um, a bigger more global audience and they did that what would be keeping them from doing the same thing with sega i Hmm. i don't know like i said uh, so okay let me just let me stay there. I want to jump back to <laughs> Nintendo because what I was going to say that I forgot to say was that I think it would be exciting for Nintendo because Sega has kind of given up on Sonic. You know, there's always a t- there's I, I know that there are probably Sonic fans out there that would disagree or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would be like, yeah, we wish they hadn't. But like Sega mm-hmm. does not have the presence that or, so- or sorry, Sonic does not have the presence that he used to. He's not quite the icon that he that he used to be. Um, but if Nintendo had him, you know what I mean? Like, what would they do with him or what would they allow Sega to do with him? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, he's already in there, but like, you know, what I, it would, I think they would like really bring something interesting to trying to bring some of the Nintendo design philosophy to, hmm. to Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Square Enix, they've been trying to diversify their por- portfolio for a long time with some of their acquisitions and they have made acquisitions talked about idos idos Mm -hmm. idos um (laughs) i always said idos but then i hear i think i hear british people say idos and i'm like i don't know which i don't know which one it is but um and don't nod and the other one that we mentioned a couple weeks ago about tomb raider i can't remember but but they've made these purchases and like so square enix has kind of slowly been trying to build a more global brand 
Um, so I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised at that either. But I don't know. Like you said, they're just rumors. We don't really know how much to yeah. buy into them. But I think it's exciting to talk about that. Although stuff. we've proven that we have some power on this podcast, we just yeah. roll things into existence. Yes. <laughs> so next week we'll be bringing you the announcement that Square Enix has <laughs> merged with Sega. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What other news? honestly i don't i don't have how dare you much of anything for, for the news <laughs> it's it's been a very busy week in uh the the household because yeah. my partner just had her book launch yeah. so that's taken up most of um most of our energy <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's a big thing you guys have been building this for uh, for months so what, yeah. a, what yeah. a huge event um just yesterday it was announced that e3 is returning in june mm -hmm. uh with backing from some major partners microsoft nintendo mm -hmm. uh, capcom konami ubisoft take two interactive warner brothers games etc um it's going to be june 12th through the 15th they're saying it's going to be quote unquote more inclusive i don't know what that means though yeah I, it was a little vague yeah i mean one of the things is they said it's going to be open to the public virtually so i'm guessing we can attend some of the same kind of hands-on demos and stuff that only journalists that'll and, be interesting yeah you know maybe it'll be maybe it'll be more engaging for people like us because normally mm -hmm. we just watched the we watch the keynotes and then we like talk yeah. about them um so maybe we'll have access to more like hands-on demos with some of some of the stuff that's shown a lot of people are being very cynical and saying like e3 is not you know will never return i don't really care about that discussion all that I, much. yeah i'm not really interested in that discourse to yeah. be honest i mean what is there to argue it either yeah. will or it won't like and whatever. and i think a lot of it too is stemming from when e3 had that leak uh, where they leaked a lot of journalists personal information oh, yeah, yeah. a mm -hmm. lot of journalists that i see on twitter and in other spaces when they talk about e3 it's with that kind of a bitter cynicism and oftentimes they'll bring that up and be like oh so you can leak our I mean, information again understandable it is understandable yeah but i don't think it necessarily has much to do with e3's relevancy or, or their general success yeah right I yeah agree. um so okay so the other the other piece of news that i want to talk about i put mm -hmm. this in the show notes you know and I, I was almost waiting to see a comment from you like do we really have to talk about resident evil village again but we do <laughs> when, when's the release date when does this may thing launch okay. 10th i think oh, so God. about a month away it may 10th or 9th i think it's 10th we got three or four more episodes uh. we're gonna put up with this <laughs> so in an interview with ign um resident evil village art director tomonori takano uh, says that Lady Dimitrescu was inspired by Audrey Hepburn and the Adams family. So he was talking about like the the original idea, which right, right. was that you know she would be more like a ghost and she'd be kind of normal sized. And she, he was playing around a little bit with kind of like older fashions. And he was like, she just didn't seem scary. So I he's like, I came up with the idea of having her be a larger, more imposing woman. And that was sort of the genesis. And it sounded like to me that that's sort of where the game's tone and style and everything came from was just that idea. Because then he said that they talked about building a setting for her, which was this castle. And at one point he was going to, they wanted to fill it with like a hundred other like vampire ladies. And they were going to be like <laughs> mostly naked and stuff like that, which, you know, I don't know how he found a way to read my dream journal, but 
um he decided they decided against it and uh went with just a smaller like more manageable number not it's nude. interesting how much of that is affected by just the concept of a character like i yeah. think that's really interesting yeah yeah absolutely and i think that was one of the things that stood out to me and then like i said he mentioned that the fashion her fashion was inspired by um the time period of audrey hepburn mm-hmm. and uh he mentioned the adams family as well and that was like, it just made so much sense to me. Because when I was younger, I literally watched the Adams Family movies and I fantasized about marrying Wednesday Adams because we were about the same age. <laughs> and so I was like, what if I, what if we, and then I could live in the house and I could be like the next Gomez. It was, it was a weird fantasy of mine. Um, and of course, Audrey Hepburn, gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. And in Breakfast at Tiffany's, which should be kind of called the Catwoman origin story because she's basically Catwoman in that movie. Um, that makes a lot of sense too. So I'm like, I see why now I have such mm-hmm. a thing for this this tall <laughs> vampire lady. But uh, but I also thought because gender was brought up a lot. Like he said that all of the characters in the castle, all of the enemy types are female. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and he made a he made a, a big kind of he pointed very specifically to the idea that um, you are a man in a castle filled with powerful women. And I don't know how that's going to play out. That might be problematic. It might be, yeah. you know, it might have a, a new kind of contemporary message. I don't know, but, but I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, he also said there are quite a few other characters with a similar impact as lady Dimitrescu. And I'm like, really? I don't know, man. Like, she already broke the internet. Like, you can't have characters that are... I think that's wishful thinking on his part. I think he's like, no, trust me, we have other characters that are just as great. And it's like, get out of here. Don't you... Uh, does, but that, that's that got to be queen. exciting, too, for a fan, right? Like, I don't. Just give me Lady, Lady uh, D. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but okay, so that's that's my, my uh, weekly Lady D thirst. Um, what, what, what else do we got? <laughs> Uh, I I don't I don't have anything newsworthy. Well, what have you been What have you been playing? What I'm playing, um, still definitely on that Red Dead Redemption Two kick. Um, I've been trying to make more of an effort to because I'm I'm working towards getting trophies, and so I'm trying to put more effort into um, getting all of the animals into the compendium, and then you have to like skin all of the the skinnable animals but like some of them don't count like there are a lot of birds like you just pocket Hmm. and that doesn't count as at all so you don't even need to bother but then apparently there are some like bigger birds that do count for skinning so i i don't know i need to check the internet to see if someone has like a comprehensive like excel spreadsheet (laughs) they do i I feel like i can guarantee it (laughs) because i don't i don't know that i quite have the dedication to make it myself so i've just been kind of stumbling along and every time i see an animal i whip out my binoculars and i'm like do i have this one already (laughs) then i gotta go stalk it um, but that's what I've been doing. And then um, I've been playing a bit of Animal Crossing, just kind of a chill, you know, relaxation kind of a thing. Uh, and of been... course, you and I were trying to get all of the, the Mario yeah, related stuff. That, that's what I was doing. What have you been? Have you been doing stuff like outside I've of that? I've just been like chatting up with my little villagers huh. and just like going around and fishing and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just it's fun to kind of hop in and out of, you know. They definitely, I think, ratcheted down 
the guilt that was previously associated with like returning to yes. a village my villagers don't give me as much shit like they'll say something they'll be like oh, i yeah. haven't seen you in four years or whatever right right but like there's not as many cockroaches as i remember there's not as many weeds like back in the day i remember coming in and being like who the fuck left a jungle in my village because there were so right. many weeds and now there's weeds yeah they toned way back yeah there's stuff. not nearly as many although i was laughing because my partner was playing too and she went into her house and she was like oh my god there's so many bugs and she was <laughs> running around for like half an hour trying to get them <laughs> yeah I... she didn't realize at first that she could kill them oh really <laughs> i'm like you gotta run over them it's kind of sad the little ghost comes out yeah can you well lady. no you can't I use the net inside though. yeah no um so to get cockroaches outside, I think you have to like leave fruit out to rot, and then the cockroaches will. The cockroaches will do that. I, I know that's, that's how you get you. ants, but. Huh. Maybe it depends on the season. Yeah. Not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. But um, the new thing that I've been playing is uh, Medieval Dynasty. Ooh. I don't think I've told you much of it. not. I was about to ask, thing. what is that? Yeah. So Medieval Dynasty came out last fall. I think it was um, September, and it is a. It's a medieval life simulator. So you hunt, you farm, you're trying to survive, you build houses. Um, so there's definitely like some survival elements, some crafting, some building. Uh, there's like a whole leveling system. And the whole point is to create like a medieval dynasty. Mm. And so I'm pretty sure that you can get like married and have kids and keep playing your line, I think. So that's kind of cool and intriguing. Um, it was made by... I think the developer is Render Cube hmm. or Render Club. No, I think it's Render Cube. And then the publisher is Toplitz Productions. I'd never heard of either one of those. Um, and I looked it up and I'm pretty sure this game is only Render Cube's second game. The first wow. one came out in 2018. It was called Monster League. Don't really know much about it, but it has some pretty good reviews on Steam. And Medieval Dynasty, for being an indie game from what i can tell a pretty kind of small you know developer it actually runs really well now i've only played a couple of hours but i haven't run across like any bugs or anything weird like that mm. um and it's definitely my kind of game when i was younger i used to dream about games where you could just like it's so silly but i would dream about games where you could just like live a life <laughs> <laughs> and like maybe have a family have relationships build a house like create something out of the world um, and that's exactly what this is within the context of like, you know, the Middle Ages. So that's that's what I've been playing. Plus, I've also I think, as I mentioned, maybe a week or two ago, um, I'm feeling the itch for more PC games. And so I saw this uh, and it was on sale. It had been on my wish list for a little while. Um, and I was like, well, screw it. I'll buy it. And I started playing and I definitely feel like it's a game that I could be obsessed with for a little while. It's funny that you say that you had dreams of a game where you just live a life because i remember going all the way back to like the 90s when i was a kid i would have some of those same dreams where it's like i would I, I remember specific memories of like walking out of my house to like go mm. to the bus and thinking oh man i can't wait till like there are wait until there are like video games where i can do just this like i can just I like my house is like fully modeled. I can like go and do whatever I want in my house. I can like mm -hmm. go out into my neighborhood and go into my neighbor's house. Like and that explains games like The Sims, I think. Yeah. Or, or, or just really any simulation game. Like Walking Sims, you know, like we've yeah. talked about before, like, the, you know, some of them, 
most of them don't render like every house but what about that like if you just had something called neighborhood sim where it's just like two sides of a block and every house or apartment is like rendered on the inside and you could go in and be a voyeur and like you know what i mean like <laughs> break into houses yeah. and like look at like weird basements with like wait is this know, thief sim or what is it? yeah it should be <laughs> creep creep sim creep sim. <laughs> um i i would i think that would be that would be kind of fun i mean there would have to be more of a point to it but i think having having a game set in a neighborhood where all kinds of houses are accessible and rendered and all that kind of stuff I think would be would be really mm -hmm. rad. Yeah, yeah. But what about you? What have you been playing? I have been playing Life is Strange 2. I finished that up. Um, mm -hmm. It was a fucking downer. <laughs> it like it's it, it's a good game. I think I like the first one more. Um, and I think maybe the first one is better. Well, I don't know. That's that's hard to say. But um it is it it is just it's something I, I tweeted about it and I called it tiered tragedy because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of modern narratives modern dramas are I don't know if that's a real term but the way I look at it is like the game starts out in a, a place of normalcy and then a tragedy strikes and then mm -hmm. from there it's just tragedy to tragedy to tragedy like that's how the narrative unfolds is you're just moving from bad thing to bad thing um, the walking dead i think is a perfect example of that yeah and i think this game is very much like that and it's it's not that it doesn't make the story good or powerful i do think that it does some interesting things i don't think it leans into race as much as it could being mm. you know these these brothers if you if you aren't familiar with it it's a story of these two brothers from seattle and uh, in the very opening of the first episode, I don't think this is a spoiler because that the beginning of the whole episode or series, um, their father gets shot by the police. And so then they flee because they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble. And so the, the story follows their journey kind of on the road. And there is some some stuff in there about race, but I feel like it could have gone a little bit further. Um but in general, like, again, I think that it does do some things well, but it's just, it's one of those games, kind of like The Last of Us, where it wasn't really fun to play because, like, I I started liking the characters and, like, wanting to, you know, root them on and, and help them be successful, and then the game wouldn't let me do that, you know? Mm -hmm. There was no option for that. Like, I got close to the end, and I had already, like, made too many, too many decisions to, like, look up a guide and, like, make sure I get a good ending, but I was curious, so I looked up like the endings to see which which ending am I most likely to get based on the, the on the, the decisions that I've made so far, and like none of the endings are really happy, and it's like Aww. damn. Um, which again, <laughs> maybe that's part of the storytelling process. Maybe this isn't meant to be a happy story, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that it's bad, but it's just yeah, one of those yeah. things where it's like for me, it kind of impacted me more strongly than I think it would have in other times. And part of me was like, you know, is there, I, I part of me just wants a game like that. That's more cheerful and upbeat and allows for more joy. And I don't feel like there's, I feel like the trend with video games that want to have their narratives taken seriously is to lean into tragedy and drama and all that kind of stuff. So I did well, like it, but you know. Yeah, I mean, so much storytelling hinges on conflict. Yeah, and 
where do we find a lot of conflict and tension? It's not usually in the joyful, unfortunately. That doesn't mean we can't have happier stories, but I wonder if it's sometimes easier to tell the the sadder sadder stories, the stories with more tragedy. I don't know. I, I think video games are so highly influenced by film that that might be part of it is when, as a, as an art form, when we look at the most, this most similar art form to ours, which is probably movies, mm -hmm. um, we look at, well, what's taken seriously there? What's successful there? We look at the Academy Awards and other kind of prestigious accolades and the things that are awarded are dramas and and tragedies and things like right. that. Um, comedies are notorious for n virtually never winning or never even being nominated for like best picture or anything like that because we don't take comedy as seriously it's looked at as more like lowbrow and and kind of um you know cheap quote-unquote but yeah. doing comedy right and well can be powerful and effective you know and so mm -hmm. the the kinds of games that we see that are meant to be funny oftentimes use humor that's not not exactly sophisticated it's a lot of and which is not bad i love cheap you know trash humor mm -hmm. um but i i want to see it would be great to see i think developers try to make um really good sophisticated comedy games or games that again are a little bit more more joyful i love tragic stories don't get me wrong i'm i'm a sad boy at heart but like but I also sometimes, when I am being a sad boy in my real life, I kind of want to be a happy boy in my video games, you know? Right. <laughs> um, outside of that, I started Fallout New Vegas, and mm -hmm. I am only through, I just finished the first town. So you start out in like a really small town. It's, it's set in a Western setting. And so it's this very stereotypical Western town. There's like a saloon and a, a local dock and a... Um, general store and all that stuff and there's kind of a main conflict i think that's at the heart of that town and going through the side missions and stuff to complete that conflict or overcome that conflict is sort of the tutorial of the game and so i essentially kind of look at myself as having finished the tutorial i think i'm only like four okay. or five hours in but um, okay. i'm liking it so far it was very like i was surprised at first at how good the game looked and in, in terms of like textures and everything but on the other hand, there are some weird, like my eyes almost feel uncomfortable because there are some weird kind of things that are jaggy and like the textures are okay. It's just some of the, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. it just at first I felt a little uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. overall I thought I, I'm having fun with it. I'll report more later, of course, but, um, but yeah, other than that and having to fix my PS3 controller, which I won't go into detail about, but I had to take it apart and try to replace the uh, joysticks, and that's a, that was a whole ordeal. Um, other than that, that's that's pretty much what I've been playing. All right, let's talk about pixelated puppies and other pals in video games. So we had a discussion. This is one of those things like we had an idea. Yeah. And we, we try not to talk too much about what we're going to talk about because we want to leave some of it, you know, as yeah. like a surprise for each other. We don't so want it, it seems... to be scripted either. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think we came up with the idea and then I think we were both like, wait a minute. <laughs> what is <laughs> like, this Like, what mean? does that actually mean? <laughs> right. Because, you know, we were talking, I think originally the idea was that we were going to be talking about like horses and dogs. 
but we just said yeah. like animal companions and then we were like yeah what does, what does it, it mean, mean to be to a be... companion we right. started to get like defining it as if we were writing a paper about yeah pixelated pals and video games <laughs> yeah so what we came the conclusion that we came to i think was that we want an animal or a creature mm-hmm. that accompanies you um yeah. and that animal can be used as transportation or but, other things right but like it's not it's not necessarily something that you well did we decide on that actually well, i don't know so like, okay, okay okay go ahead okay when when i think of video game pets i tend to think of two categories the first being just like the type of the animal or the creature. And typically in video games, it tends to be like a, a dog, right? A good, a good puppers or a horse. And then the second category is how that pet functions. So are they just an aesthetic addition to the environment for the most part, like in uh, a Harvest Moon game or like Stardew Valley where they're just kind of like there and you see them? Or do they actively accompany you and or assist you in some way and so for me the most like memorable pets are the ones that can i guess experience the world with you or or significant aspects of that world with you and and then going from there we can talk about things like personality traits and qualities the things that make them unique or special in some way um and i think in in kind of building up my list of pets I was thinking about like those two those two categories and more specifically like the function what do those pets what do those creatures actually do because I find like the ones that I'm going to talk about the most are I feel like I have my own experience with that creature so for example you know you and I could both play Fallout 4 but approach it in wildly different ways same thing with like dog meat or you know a horse in you know red dead redemption 2 or something like that mm-hmm. where it's less scripted i guess yeah absolutely i think this the stardew example was something that we we brought up because originally i think we were like pets and companions but then it was like the stardew valley animals are definitely pets but mm-hmm. they're not companions because they don't accompany you they don't right. come with you on your adventure um the other distinction we were making was was horses, though, because horses you use for transport, but are they really your companion? I think we're going to count them because horses are probably one of the more popular animal companions in games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're 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 very different. Sometimes they have a name and a personality. Sometimes they don't. They're just strictly used as as transportation, like in the Assassin's Creed games. Um, there are specific kinds of mounts or or rideable creatures that you can have in assassin's creed particularly things that are unlockable and downloadable like unicorns and dire wolves and stuff like that um but your typical horse i mean i don't really know that there's anything particularly special about the ones that you you get um but we are gonna we are counting horses i think right so um yeah and i feel like i don't know i I guess I don't want to be like too strict in my definition. Yeah. Because even if you look at a game like Stardew Valley, like technically speaking, for the most part, like in the real world, your cat's going to stay home. Yeah. Is it not your companion? I mean, in Stardew Valley, yes, the cat just kind of wanders around and wants like water or whatever, but like it is kind of a companion. I think 
it takes more of your imagination to then bring character to yeah, that companion. Um, but I feel much more strongly about my horse in a game like Ghost of Tsushima or like especially Red Dead Redemption because yeah. not only is that horse like, yes, it's a mode of transportation. Certainly doesn't have to be though, right? Like, but you also have the ability to take care of that animal and you need to take care of that animal. And I think that makes you then place more value on that animal. So I think if there are ways for you to then interact, I mean, people lose their minds on the internet when you can pet a dog or a cat in a video Mm -hmm. game. And that's kind of, has become like this test of engagement, right? Like there's a pupper. Can I, can I pet it? (laughs) That's so, okay. So there's that Twitter account. Can, can you pet the dog? Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting to me is that it has real, it has really affected developers. They mm-hmm. pay attention to that stuff and they've patched games to where you can then pet the dog because... Well, we've been playing a, a fair bit of um, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima Legends mm-hmm. and we're always like going up to the bear to pet the bear. Every... Yeah. So... so <laughs> <laughs> in Ghost of Tsushima Legends, you can summon a spirit bear or mm-hmm. a spirit wolf or a, spirit, a pack of spirit dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of my favorite like power ups to get. And so when I have enough money, if no one's done it, I'll go get the spirit bear, spirit bear. <laughs> and then after a round, if I've summoned it, like you said, we all run to we the like bear and we're like, hurry up, you got to pet the bear before the next <laughs> wave of enemies come. <laughs> I'm um, like, I got to pet the bear, put a barrel over here, <laughs> get <right>. into position. <laughs> and like, you can't tell me that that feature probably wasn't added because can you pet the dog has become a thing it it didn't come out of just nothing like they know that that's what you want and it's probably such a simple thing to add i mean Mm -hmm. think about um is it the last two assassin's creed games where you could like pet cats and stuff or was it just valhalla uh actually that's a good question i no, i think you could because i think you could as bayek couldn't you like crouch down and pet the cats okay okay yeah um a far cry so you could you know pet the 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 cougar and then boomer of course and Mm -hmm. and cheeseburger the bear and i want to say that going back to far cry primal you could probably pet like the saber-toothed tiger and and the the various animals so like obviously ubisoft has had that for for a while but it's such a simple thing Mm -hmm. but can you really tell me like what is the personality of cheeseburger did you really have a connection with cheeseburger (laughs) Or I peaches mean, I, or boomer. I think you, I think, I think that's really interesting because I think everything that we're going to talk about here has to do with our projection, you know, mm-hmm. Roach. I think, I think Roach is a good place to start. Roach yes. is kind of one of the more famous um, companions. And the joke about Roach is that Roach isn't a singular horse, mm-hmm. that Geralt has several horses that he always names Roach. So Roach might die of old age or in combat or fall off a cliff because of bugs. And if Roach dies, it's fine because you get another brown horse and you name it Roach. Mm -hmm. Um, And Roach doesn't, maybe, maybe I just didn't experience the Witcher 3 the same as other people, (laughs) but I played like 150 hours of that game Mm -hmm. and Roach doesn't really have much of a personality. No. You know what I mean? It's a, is it a he or a she actually? I don't even know. Oh God, I don't remember. Let's... Our friend's gonna yeah. Oh okay. god, we're one. sorry, Paul and Amy. <laughs> um, so we'll just call it Roach. <laughs> um, but Roach, the, the the Roach's personality comes from the way that Geralt interacts with her. I'm just gonna say her. I don't know, just, okay. Um, you know, so so that's how we get because like other than that, 
Roach literally just responds to your command. So if you whistle mm-hmm. for Roach, Roach is going to come. Um, there's they don't. I don't remember them programming much personality. Maybe that's because I didn't ride Roach all that much. I in games like that, I tend to travel on foot. So as Geralt, I mostly just traveled on foot. Um, now Roach does have some personality that we project onto her because of all of the funny glitches where Roach just appears on the top of a house yeah, or like we'll just come running into this like stable that you're in and like knocking people over Mm -hmm. and stuff like that Um, but that's all projected so your Roach might have a very different personality that you projected onto her than mine so I think that's super interesting as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and I mean continuing on with um horses let's okay so let's go from roach which people i think have a pretty standard experience with because there's not a lot of built-in personality there uh then let's go to like the horse your your horse in ghost of tsushima you're you're I'm gonna, I'm gonna start crying no i'm just kidding but um i didn't use my horse very much in ghost of tsushima so i wasn't quite as connected um but I, I do think that we should probably probably give a spoiler alert because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about something. Yep. Um, so if you haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, we're going to talk about a significant story beat here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to skip ahead about a minute, maybe two. Yeah, about a minute. Uh, but I, I didn't ride the horse that much, um, but you do get to choose your horse's name mm-hmm. and type of horse like from two three i think three different types of horses yeah, i think it's three colors if you like pre-ordered it or whatever yeah and i did appreciate that and that did make me connect to the horse a little bit but i should hurry up and say the spoiler so people can come back yep um <laughs> a little over halfway through the story your horse dies in combat yes. and you have to get a new horse and i do remember being very sad about that um, and that's interesting to me because you didn't pl- you didn't like interact with that horse probably as much as some other people who played the game. Right. Um, unlike a different horse in a different game, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, <laughs> but you you did have a very sort of specific horse. How, I mean, what was your relationship? Did you use the horse a lot? I used the horse a lot, um, but I knew fairly early on that I wanted to explore like literally every every portion of the map and Mm -hmm. so it was a good way to just like uh, initially unlock everything or or defog everything whatever um so i really like the horse the incident that occurs with the horse was really tragic and it reminded me of the other game we're going to talk about um although it didn't hit me as hard but seeing Jin's response is part of what makes you feel that way yeah and i think that kind of goes back to is the animal just like there to exist or is there some relationship between you and that animal and your character and that animal? Absolutely. Um, and I also, I, I sort of felt like that whole transition in the game was done a little bit unceremoniously because mm. um, the way that it shifts from there, I'm trying to speak in vague terms again in yep. case people skipped ahead, um, but the way that it shifts from there just feels a little bit abrupt and kind of yeah i agree like it doesn't really acknowledge much about what happens in the story yeah. i feel like we're it's you know if, if anyone has half a brain they've already figured out um <laughs> despite our trying to talk around it so we apologize if we've spoiled anything for yeah. for you um we we should say though we are going to be talking about stuff like that with some of these games and, mm-hmm. and animals so yeah. we're going to be getting into kind of light vague spoilers 
with a couple of other uh, other characters yeah. as well. But um, so having said that, let's just go straight <laughs> to the big one. Yeah. Um, Red Dead. So, so go ahead. Sorry. My approach initially is like, okay, you have like the basic horse. And then when I've saved up enough money, I'll go and I'll get the horse that I really want. Or I'll go out and get like a wild horse or whatever. And so I very much connect with my horses in Red Dead. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was telling you that in this current playthrough, there's a specific horse that I want. And I love the horse that I have currently. And so when I do get that horse that I'm like saving up for, and I have to wait till I get to a certain chapter, I think, in the game before I can access that horse, I'm not going to get rid of my current horse. Like I'm going to keep it in the stable because (laughs) I have a relationship with that horse. And I think what adds to that or makes the horses in that game so memorable to me is one, they all look so different. There are so many different breeds and different colorations and stuff and patterns And yes, you could say like, oh, well, all the horses are technically the same because they don't have individual personalities. That doesn't matter as much to me because it's what I put into my horse. So like I take great care of my horse. Like I'm constantly like brushing her down, giving her food, patting her, reassuring her. I don't like putting her in dangerous situations. Like I... I, I, when I play Red Dead, I think I try to like be the cowboy and like your horse is very important. Right. Um, and it is more than just a mode of transportation. Like that is your companion in the wild West. Like your Mm -hmm. life depends on that animal. And so that's why it's significant to me. Right. And I, I don't know if they, they have different personalities or not, but they have different temperaments. Like some of Mm -hmm. them are easier to tame than others. Some of them will just keep throwing yeah. you off until you establish a good con- a relationship with them so they they make a relationship system in the game mm-hmm. where you have to you have to basically befriend your horse before it will stop you know so so for example if you if you tame a horse so you go out and find a wild horse and you you lasso it and you break it in and you you know because first that's what you have to do you have to get it to let you ride it Mm -hmm. um and you after you break it in a little bit and you let it you know it lets you start riding it that doesn't mean that it's it's your friend now it's it's letting you ride it but then if it sees a snake it's gonna buck you if it hears a gunshot it's gonna buck you Mm -hmm. until you've been with it long enough and done some of that tlc that you're talking about feeding it and brushing it right um and calming it down because you there's a, a button where you can like pat it and like mm-hmm. say like good good girl and stuff like that um and l- until you've done all that stuff it's gonna keep throwing you when it gets spooked um so i maybe they don't have personalities but i do think that they all have different temperaments and i think it's even affected by breed but i'm not positive about that mm-hmm. but um when i played the first red dead i had already played enough games with horses which wasn't weren't you know it wasn't a ton but i played enough to know that i don't like riding horses in games because part of it is like i like exploring nooks and crannies and going around and like opening chests and exploring caves so i'm constantly getting on and off my horse mm-hmm. so i'm like eh, just you know i don't really plus i'd heard that your horse can die and if it dies it's dead mm-hmm. and so when i when i started red dead redemption 2 I had pre-ordered it, or sorry, not two, the first game. I had pre-ordered it, so I'd gotten this, like, special mount, a special mare, or or a horse that was, like, a yellow-golden color, Mm -hmm. and that is not the color I would have chosen for a horse. I would have probably wanted something that was, like, black with a stripe on the front or a stripe on the nose or something, Mm -hmm. and so I thought, "Ah, whatever, like, who cares if this horse dies? It's just, (laughs) you know, I I, I mean, I don't like 
horror, you know, animals dying in video games, period. That's probably a whole other, a whole other episode and uh, session with my therapist. But um, I, at that point in time, I was like, whatever, like apparently these horses die. So if it gets killed in a gunfight or something, I, you know, I'll right. just get the horse that I really do want. But because the game has that system where you have to sort of gain this trust with your horse, I didn't even realize I was becoming attached Uh until the first time that it died on accident. Mm. I immediately shut my Xbox 360 off and was like, no, nope, I'm going to lose (laughs) the two hours or whatever I I did. I I can't let this horse die. And I was like so shocked by how much I cared about my horse. Mm -hmm. But you're right. You I don't walk on foot in red dead it's too cumbersome it's so much easier to travel on your horse and Mm -hmm. the horses control so well that they're not stiff like a lot of other horses they put a lot of work into making their horses feel um good and realistic maybe it's not perfect but um the animations and and the way in which the horses can traverse so many different kinds of terrain Mm -hmm. they did such a good job on that that i found myself using the horse almost exclusively so even if i'm traveling a short short time i'm going to jump on my horse and go over there so i find myself riding the horse a lot and in red dead 2 it's even more in depth in terms of like using the saddlebags and all that kind of stuff um but like you said i found myself brushing my horse and talking to my horse and i when it, when i my horse accidentally died that first time i was just struck by like this horse means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you remember? You didn't play the first Red Dead, right? That's something that you're no, going to go back to. It. I named my horse Shala, and I think that was another thing: is you can name your horses. And mm-hmm. Shala is a, a video game character from the game Chrono Trigger, which again I bring up all the time. My favorite game. Shala is like a side character, um, not a playable character, not like a main character, but she's important to the story. And as a kid, I was so struck by how how she tragically dies in the game and you can Mm. never get her again and all this stuff. And I just think it's a really pretty name, Shala. So that was my horse's name in Red Dead 1. And I had the same horse through the entire game (laughs) because, like you said, she just became this like... I, I just couldn't separate her from my own identity as what I was projecting onto the, right, the character. Right. So, um, but let's, let's talk about Red Dead 2. So you, in your first playthrough, did you have like one horse through the whole game or did you? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a black horse and I named him. Well, hmm. I think I named him Scout because... That's my dog's name. I love the name Scout. <laughs> but no, I was like, why can't I have a dog in this game? It seems mm. like a game where I should be able to have a camp dog, you know? <laughs> you can in multiplayer. Uh, well, right, but I was playing Not single, in single player. player, yeah. Um, so I named the dog Scout. And then um, online, I have a gray dapple does that sound right and i named um i named him gandalf <laughs> <laughs> he's beautiful yeah um i named so i had the same thing i got a um i had a i pre-ordered and when you pre-ordered red dead 2 you got a a free war horse mm. and it was the same thing i was like i don't want a war horse they're big they're yeah. not as fast as the other one. I want like a fast, like little kind of live, not the smallest horse, but like a medium workhorse, you know, that, that's just fast and really pretty. And I got this like big kind of ugly war horse. And I was like, <laughs> ah, just, I guess I'll ride it for a while. And then, and I named it Freya because again, we had been playing 
God of War and we played mm-hmm. and we were writing the chapter and mm-hmm. all these things with like the Valkyries and stuff. So I just liked that name. So I was like, it's a war horse. Valkyries are, you know, these warriors. So I'm going to name it Freya. And I fucking got connected and I stayed with Freya for wow, the, the entire, entire game. Yeah. Wow. Not the horse that I wanted, but like, <laughs> I, again, I think that game does such a good job at making you feel connected to these horses and like they really are companions um and there's something about you know the fact that it lets you like you said do the little things like brush it and feed it i started buying the most quality ingredients to feed it because you can just feel like right exactly (laughs) right exactly i started giving it like i was like all right well we've we've worked really hard so i need to give you some like here's an oat cake because you need some i can't give you a gold bar i'm gonna give you an apple yeah like (laughs) i want you to have like a balanced diet but then sometimes i'm like here's a little treat here's a little little peppermint I I even asked my partner because she knows more about like horses and farm animals than I do. I was like, do horses really like celery? And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, buy more (laughs) celery. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, you know, hurting for other materials. I'm like, I haven't been able to buy that that holster that I really want. But I'm like, I got to stock up on my fucking (laughs) horse treats. Um, But I think it shows the power of what we're talking about, having like a good animal companion. These aren't characters like they don't have the same kind of personality. They didn't write this horse to have a personality, but we mm-hmm. projected these personalities on these horses. But they know that we want to and that we will. And yeah. they gave us like the ability to have that somewhat deeper connection. Yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of people who just to them, the horse is a horse or it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that's a pretty horse. Maybe they don't have a deeper connection than that. But there are those of us that like want that. And and for a game that is as detailed as something like Red Dead Redemption 2, that just makes that world more of like our world. Like we right. have a place in, in, you know, that environment. Yeah. So having said that, huge spoiler for Red <laughs> Dead Redemption 2. We are going to spoil the ending um, or one of the endings of Red Dead 2. So if you haven't played it. Yeah. Uh, go, ahead go ahead and, and, and skip a couple minutes. Skip, yeah, two, <laughs> two, three minutes at least. So hopefully you're gone by now. Um, the At the end of the main story, I guess I would say, of Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2, yeah. um, the climax. The end of Arthur's story. Right. That Arthur is the main character and Arthur is the primary um, protagonist and and the game actually goes on beyond the ending of his story. Mm-hmm for quite a while but the ending of his story is that he dies Mm -hmm. and not only does he die on his way to his death your fucking horse dies and it's inescapable and i spent Uh. the game like i i did have to redo i did have to reset my game at one point because i'm i was usually very careful any sign of danger i hop off freya because i don't want her around the bear i don't want her around the mountain lion because that first time that my horse accidentally died in red dead one was because of a fucking cougar I had oh. never encountered a cougar. I didn't. I was like starting to wonder if they really were in the game. And then I was down in like the southern area where it's all hot, and I just heard this like rawr, rawr, like we talked about with the bears. And I was like, yep. "What the fuck is that?" And before I could turn, this cougar had just jumped up and one shotted my horse, and oh. I was so mad. So then I had this fucking vengeance against cougars. I'm like, "You killed my horse," even though I reset and I still have it. So. In Red Dead 2, I was so careful of my horse. I was like, any sign of danger, hopping off, any gunfight. Um, it did die once accidentally because I had like lassoed a guy next to a train. Ooh. And my horse got too close to the train and it like clipped her and uh-huh. had to reset. 
Um, but I'd been so careful. And then at the end, it doesn't matter because the game kills mm-hmm. your horse for, for so you. So what gets me is, okay, I know some people don't like Arthur. I think Arthur is a pretty decent character as far as like the narrative, how he was written and how yeah. he changes. Complicated. I grew to really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a bias there. But when he, this is another spoiler, but mm-hmm. when there's that pivotal moment where you realize like no matter what, he's eventually going to die because right. illness. Um, it's already hard enough in chapter five mm-hmm. because you're sick. You spend time coughing and stuff like that. And you know that this character that at least I grew to really like is suffering. Yeah. And then you get to like the narrative climax for Arthur's story. And you know that like shit's going to go down and he has to see his fucking horse die. It fucking crushed me. I, I cried. I yep. fucking cried. And yep. <laughs> Tirza, to this day, will recall how crushing that was for yeah. me. Because um, it, it was tragic. It was fucking tragic. It, it makes it so much worse because Arthur, and when it happens and the horse goes down, you, like, I think a lot of players are like, <gasps> like, you gasp. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no. And then... Arthur doesn't just get up and keep running like a lot of video game characters were. The game takes the control out of your hands and has him go to the horse. I'm going to start getting to you right now. And like cradle her head and Mm -hmm. say like, oh, you you were a good girl or something like that. And then then he kind of moves on. But he takes that time to like give her a final moment of connection with him um, before, you know, he moves on to go on to his own death. And like that probably says something about how he's feeling and he has to die alone. Mm -hmm. Fuck. It fucking wrecked me. Yeah. That was such, which like I said, we like we've talked about there, there are plenty of flaws to that game, but Mm -hmm. there's so many things that it does. Right. And I think that climax is, is absolutely Mm -hmm. one of them. So impactful. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> all right. So let's I'm going to shift to shift a happier. Well, let's stick with horses, but let's shift to a happier, more colorful, friendly kind of horse. Epona, you haven't played. You've played Breath of the Wild, right? Mm-hmm. You probably didn't get Epona, though. I don't remember how to get Epona. Oh, I think God. you have to scan an amiibo know. or something. I don't I, think I did. Yeah, I didn't use the horses very much in Breath of the Wild. Um but noticing a trend epona didn't <laughs> epona didn't well i did use epona in the uh, ocarina of time for the oh, n64 okay. and that was i think the first horse in a 3d game that i ever rode and the Ooh. sense of being able to ride that horse in 3d mm-hmm. i think they did for the time did a really good job of simulating horse riding in 3d you know mm-hmm. for such an early game and, I remember watching um, one of my cousins play that game, and and ride the horse, ride Epona. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, that was such like, I think that might have been what endeared a lot of people to Epona. Again, I just in Breath of the Wild, I was more, especially because you can climb everything. So I'm like, why would I don't need a yeah. horse? Like I'm gonna just run everywhere and explore and climb stuff. But in Breath of the Wild, it was such a unique and new experience to be in a 3D world where you can explore. So to give you a horse. It felt so magical, you know, and mm-hmm. so I was definitely endeared to to Epona. So Epona's on my list. We're not really going through a list necessarily per se, but yeah, yeah. if I had a list, Epona would be on there because in Ocarina of Time, I had that sort of same connection and Epona couldn't die. Um, no. 
but they did carry her over. Actually, I'm not even sure if if Wind Waker or uh, Ocarina of Time was the first game that she was in, but she made appearances in Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, and other other Zelda games after that. So she's kind of a staple of the series. But I um I grew to love her in Ocarina of Time. Are there any other horses that you can think of? I think that's uh, that's all I have in Mostly terms of Mostly I had Red Dead and The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about some puppers. Yeah, we talked about horses. We talked, we hinted at puppers. There was a little bit we of pupper talk. We hinted at puppers. But what are some puppers that you, you love? All right. So I looked at the list before we started recording. And, you know, I saw puppies like, you know, dog meats and... Um, chop from grand theft auto 5 and d-dog but i i wonder what you think about nintendogs that's an interesting one i hadn't thought about that yeah because technically (laughs) that is both of the categories that i laid out it's your companion in that you choose to like check in on this pixelated creature (laughs) yeah and maybe you take it with you to school or whatever but also it's just existing in its own right. So it's just kind of That's there. so interesting because I hadn't... So the list that you're referring to is a list that I made of like animal companions and games that at least one of us have played. So I didn't include mm-hmm. animal companions and games that we hadn't played, but we've both played Nintendogs, I think, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't, in- yeah. I didn't even think about it because... In my mind, it wouldn't have qualified because you're just taking care of it. It's not It's not a companion. It's not coming with you, except when you think about the meta, which is that it's sort of like a yeah. Tamagotchi in the sense that you're taking care of this thing and carrying mm-hmm. it with you. So like you said, it's not accompanying you on this video game journey, but it's accompanying you in the journey of your life. But life, life is a is journey. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess in those terms, it does count. That's That is an interesting one. I just thought it was curious because, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that pops up on anyone's lists of like, you know, pixelated pets. Probably not because they're thinking of pets right. in a video game, but like the pet is the video game. So Which yeah, version did I don't you know. have? Because there was like the golden <laughs> oh, retriever God. one, the Dalmatian one. I don't remember the other ones, though. Was there more than I thought, that? I thought there was a third oh, I gotta, one. I got to look this up, man. Was there like a oh, beagle God, or something? I think there was. I think I erased it. I have it in my head that there was memory. a beagle. There was a, a dashend. And then a chihuahua. Oh, oh, it was like such and oh, such okay. and friends. So like chihuahua yeah. and friends. I'm pretty sure I had whatever the beagle one was. Um, I remember the little beagle... And I want to say that one of my cousins might have had the golden retriever and or the the Dalmatian. Honestly, I, so I still have a Nintendo DS. Um, I think I want a copy of that for for old times. I sake. still have mine. I had the Dal- no, I had the golden retriever one. I wanted the Dalmatian one, but I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, even though. I was attacked by a Dalmatian when I was a kid. <laughs> I was I was bit oh. by some. I was just walking home, and a Dalmatian jumped over this fence and bit my arm, um, broke skin a little bit. Mm. I had a big nasty bruise, and my family was like, "Well, we have to report it to the school just so they know." And they didn't believe me. I had a mm. cop straight to my face be like, "He's lying," and I was like, 
excuse me yeah that's a whole different that's that is definitely how, a source of trauma. How old were you? What the fuck? We gotta I know, talk I was about like that nine later. Or 10. I, there's there are a few times of, of interactions with authority and police where they would just not believe me, and I to this day have the distrust of authority and police because of situations yeah. like that. But um, that yeah. is unfortunate. But I I did love them because okay. they are supposed to be very smart. Um, I they're not my favorite mm-hmm. dog breed. I love Australian Shepherds. That's probably my favorite. But um, I love Shepherds and Collies and smart kind of working dogs you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I liked those games i don't know that i think about them very often Uh, i didn't play them a ton part of it was like the guilt thing is like when you when you have a companion like that like a tamagotchi and you create it and you start building this relationship there's that guilt there's like i don't want to have to right exactly (laughs) that dog is probably still living on that cart somewhere in my collection oh sad and lonely there there was someone a little while ago like this was i don't know if it was 2020 or 2019 but it was someone who's like i got this cartridge oh, and yeah. I, I started it and someone's dog was still on it and they're like right. i'm taking care of it for you and someone was like oh my god that's my puppy like and that's there was a custody amazing. battle and courts got right. involved <laughs> uh but i just, i just thought that yeah. was an interesting yeah definitely example um but okay, more more seriously, perhaps. So, honestly, I forgot that Metal Gear Solid Five had D Dog, yeah. and I went back and I looked at um, it was like a video of like all the clips or the narrative kind of clips mm-hmm. that D Dog appeared in, and I forgot that you like mm-hmm. find this little puppy wandering around and you like clip him and he's mm-hmm. like he flies up into the air, and then when you come back to the base, like he's there greeting you and he's so excited, and then he like yeah. matures. And then he, yeah. that, that's <laughs> it's very silly. It's very like Kojima esque, but he ends up it having is. an eye patch like you do. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's so it is very sort of funny and kind of just kind of comedic. But I I think. I, I like D-Dog a lot, but I didn't end up using him. And that, I think that's part of the problem where when you can have a when you can choose to have a dog as a companion or an animal as a companion and they're not just a part of your team, I don't always end up using them. In Dragon Age Inquisition, I think it was, you can have a um, Warhound in your party. And so the Warhound is like part of your group and like will be at your camp and stuff like that. And you can like check in with him. Um but I didn't end up using him in my party, so he didn't quite feel as much as, like, I, I didn't think of him very much. Like, kind of the same thing with D-Dog. I put him on the list because I know we both played Metal Gear Solid Five, and I, I like D-Dog a lot. But I usually ended up mm-hmm. using Quiet as my, like, go-to partner because having yeah. sniping support was really useful. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like D-Dog, and I do like that, you know, you could, like, crouch down and, like play with him and stuff mm-hmm. like when you're on 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 like your base and i just liked having a dog at the base i thought that was really cool yes yes you know that's interesting because when when a horse is integrated it's usually mostly a, a mode of transportation and then anything else like character quality how you care for it that's like beautiful right. stuff on top right when dogs are usually integrated, they're either just kind of chilling there, like in a Harvest Moon game, or they're like, they can be part of your party, but then that's when I find that I don't use them as much because of how they're integrated. So like, I I also didn't really rely on D-Dog all that much. And then if we look to a game like Fallout 4, I love the idea of dog meat, 
but he seemed one of the least helpful companions. And so I, I end up not using them as much. Yeah, I think Far Cry 5. So Far Cry 5, I think, has some really great companions. And three mm-hmm. of them are animals. So there's Boomer. You liked Boomer, yeah. didn't you? Use, didn't you prefer Boomer? I liked Boomer. I, you know, I know. I like the dog. But cheeseburger was fun. And then um, peaches was peaches. so deadly. Like I that's the thing is like I was so yes. excited when when I saw the companions available in Far Cry 5. The fact that you could have a bear, you could have a mountain lion. Again, I don't know. that, And it totally fits Far Cry as this mm-hmm. like playground. So like go ahead and have a ridiculous companion. Right. This giant lumbering we'll, we'll, bear, right? And that seems like they're continuing that way. Yeah, with we'll Far contort the narrative to where it makes sense that there's a trained bear. <laughs> there's right. A bear. Um, but I, I thought that was cool. And I thought I was gonna go for Peaches, the mountain lion, because I was like, I love cats and like big cats are fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like this is a I'm un, unmasking a lot of trauma for myself, but I had an encounter with a mountain lion when I went to the Grand Canyon. Um, I just think I love big cats. I think they're big. They're beautiful. They're again, they're very deadly. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, of course, I'm going to have peaches, but I ended up not using peaches. Um, peaches is very stealthy. So Boomer is or not Boomer. Sorry, Boomer is the dog. Boomer is more of kind of a utilitarian or like a very useful um kind of companion because boomer's about like finding Mm -hmm. ammo and finding things for you uh cheeseburger the bear is more of like a tank so he'll just right like you trying to sneak around no 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 no. it's not gonna let you it's just gonna get in there and just start tearing people apart peaches is very stealthy so peaches if you're stealthing peaches will also be stealthy and i think if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. she'll attack when you attack um which is really cool but i ended up liking Jess, to, Jess, I think Jess, right? The um, kind of nature survivalist. The, the yeah, I liked her yeah. too much. So mm-hmm. I ended up using her as my companion most of the time because she's also very stealthy. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like there is no romance in that game. But if I had to romance something, yeah. someone, something, wow, <laughs> it would be well, Jess. outing myself <laughs> as a as a furry there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, it would be Jess. So I felt like I, I used Jess most of the time. But I, I loved having those options in assassin's creed uh what is it called um odyssey you could also tame animals so i ended up i had a bear in there too um but those animals could die and i that was one of those things where it's like until the end of the game i didn't have i i i wasn't i didn't want to tame any animals and have them with me because i didn't want them to die and i think that um to go back to doggos dog meat from fallout i think is a is one that's many people are familiar with um and any anytime mm-hmm. i looked so i was when i was making the list i i wanted to make sure i wasn't forgetting anyone um or if there were notable examples from games we didn't play and at the top of a lot of people's list was dog meat dog meat was like the number one companion i know that dog meat existed in the first couple of fallout games we haven't played those yet so we can't oh. really talk about them but in Fallout 3, I remember hearing that you can get a dog, this like German Shepherd, I think, um, and it can follow you around and like help you out and like find stuff for you. But that dog can die permanently. So similarly to Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. Odyssey, I didn't get dog meat until I was com- I was completely done with the game. Like I finished the story, did all the side quests, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to do the side quest where you can find dog meat and i'm gonna literally find dog meat and then quit the game 
because <laughs> in my in my head canon well, no i, I took him home but like in my head canon like that was it like okay. i have dog meat and he's safe with me he can't right. die but in far cry 4 he can't die you, you can't lose sorry you what did i say four, yeah, far yeah. cry mm-hmm. yeah fallout you 4 <laughs> you can get dog meat uh and dog meat can't die so you what did you think about dog meat in fallout 4 did you end up using him a lot did you use I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, dog meat in Far Cry, Far Fallout Four? God damn it! I I did okay. in the very beginning, but then I again found that like some of the other companions were a little bit yeah. more useful, and so I kept him. I kept him home most of the time, but yeah. I wanted to use him. It's just that usually it seems like the animal companions are at a disadvantage. Yeah, and it seems like they're often used in the way that we're talking about, where they're used to find stuff for you. Yeah, right. fetch this, maybe alert you. They introduced a like dog that. in um, Fable 2. I don't think there was a dog in Fable 1, but mm. in Fable 2 and 3, you could have a dog, and it that's what it did. It followed you around, and it found stuff, so it would dig up little treasures and trinkets and knickknacks and stuff like that, um, which was useful, and it was fun to have a dog with you, but it didn't really do much outside of that. I did like having that dog, and it was very cute and kind of playful. It would, there were all these anim- animations where it would, like, be really playful to try to like get your attention Mm -hmm. and stuff um but it didn't end up being as useful as i thought it might and i'm sure they probably do that to make sure that you're the one with all of the power and the agency and it doesn't handicap you to to, so to speak um but you're right i think a lot of times those dogs end up being kind of kind of at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. are there any other dogs that we're missing i know you mentioned you had some surprises um chop but i don't chop wasn't yeah. super memorable um and i'm i'm very much removed from grand theft auto's story. um yeah. story you know actually we we forgot to mention that we played a little bit of that um yeah recently oh, yeah. online but yeah chop just i mean mm-hmm. cool but don't really have much of a you know much uh, memory as far as like what was his personality how many missions did he appear that's true because you i mean i I did like that you could have him and i thought his relationship with franklin was very cute but you know it's the story of grand theft auto 5 is divided between these three characters franklin's only one of them Mm -hmm. and chop isn't in all of franklin's story like missions and stuff like that so it's very chop is very limited in terms of how often you get to use him or interact with him mm-hmm. he was a rottweiler right mm-hmm. yeah it was it was nice to see a different kind of dog because usually it's like a a wolf right or or a german shepherd or something like that and i thought they played with it a little bit because of course they were they were leaning into stereotypes about um like street life and mm-hmm. urban areas and and the kind of fetish fetishization of like these attack dogs that that goes on in some right. of these areas with like gangbangers and things like that um but they played with it because chop is silly chop is like mm-hmm. sure he's an attack dog that he does attack but he's sometimes he's kind of bumbling and kind of dumb and kind of distracted mm-hmm. and so um i did think it was interesting in terms of representation because they didn't just say oh he's a rottweiler so he's like an attack dog and he's vicious he's also right, right. a fucking dog he's a pet he's kind of goofy mm-hmm. and and you know it's interesting like i feel we could definitely have a lot of criticism for Rockstar, but the way that they sometimes, I'll qualify, <laughs> play with stereotypes is interesting and 
I wish there was more of that in games in general, but yeah. that's a conversation for, for another yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a, a controversial entry that I added with a question mark because I saw this character, this animal on some lists, mm-hmm. this animal would disagree that they're an animal, but they are an animal. Um, but not on others. And I think it's because this animal, it's it's Morgana from Persona 5 and related Persona 5 media, um, who is a cat, but who mm-hmm. insists that he's not a cat. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I was like, does that count? I mean, like, he's very The fact sentient. that he can tell you I'm not a cat, right. I don't think of him as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but originally, our, we framed this as companions, right? So it was like animal companions animal technically but that's what i in the notes i wrote two sentient question mark because well that's funny because i had a similar entry that probably people are going to think is totally off the (laughs) wall but far cry 3 blood dragon oh i haven't played that (laughs) there is a sentient armored dragon that serves as a vehicle but also as a weapon and technically speaking it's kind of a pet that accompanies you, but it's also a vehicle, but it has its own mind. What do you do with yeah, that? What do you do with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what does that do with you, apparently? Um, uh, it seems too powerful. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I also don't know like what to do with... Because another thing I didn't add was like summons. Because Final Fantasy and other RPGs mm-hmm. have summons where you can summon a thing. And technically, it kind of a companion it comes with you it just doesn't really you don't interact with it very often it has a very specific mm-hmm. use um also not neither one of us have played the pokemon games have we because like that was another one it's like yeah you do uh, often have a companion like your main pokemon who will come with you like a pikachu mm-hmm. um and they often have like a personality and it's like pikachu has a personality um but most of the time they're in this ball and you just use them in battle so yeah, I and I mean, obviously, be. people have their favorites, right. but do you have a favorite Pokemon? I do not. I yeah, I it's one of the. I feel like I don't have a right to because I've I I started playing the new Pokemon on the right. Switch, but I didn't get that far into it. Um, and I do actually I do want to return to it because it was fun. But yeah, I I, I feel the same way. Recently, our friends Amy and Russell asked. I think I came up in conversation, and they were like, "Do you do you have a favorite?" And I was like, "I." I picked a favorite because i'm like i feel like i kind of have to but i i don't i don't feel Mm -hmm. like i have a right i have watched two pokemon movies i watched a handful of the the series the animated series from back in the day i've played like this all the smash games have lots of pokemon characters Mm -hmm. i played a little bit of pokemon snap back in the day because i bought it at a garage sale and i was curious Mm -hmm. but like i've never played any of the core games and that's like an embarrassing like i keep wanting to get to it but (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, someday, someday I'll do that. Um, but I haven't played enough. So my favorites are like, like, like my, my favorite is the unknown, which is a legendary Pokemon. Um, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of cheating because it's a legendary. So then I'm like, well, what's my favorite normal one? I guess it's like Onyx because it's like a cool rock dragon thing. Oh, okay. But even then, I don't know if I would call them companions because like an Onyx yeah. is an Onyx is an Onyx, right? Unless it's my like, because mm-hmm. you can't, ha- I don't think you can have an Onyx as like your main Pokemon to accompany you. So... So I don't know. That's a, that's definitely um, or another one for me specifically was um, the mouse from Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, its name is Munchie, and it like lives in your pocket, and it'll like you know pop mm. out sometimes. 
um, but you don't interact with it a ton. There's a couple of missions where you actually control Munchie and you go through these like little mouse holes and stuff like that. Um, but that one, I just wanted to kind of mention because it was cute, um, but mm. I don't remember it well enough to know. I don't remember its personality very much, and it just wasn't in the story enough to to bring right. up. But um, you said you had some surprises. Do you have any other surprises? I think we've gone through most of them. Uh, Nintendogs and uh, the bla- the dragon in um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon were my surprise. <laughs> in, in Stardew Valley, what do you normally choose, dog or cat? Uh, I go back and forth, especially <laughs> now that he's changed the models. I want, like, all the puppers. Yeah. I think my first game I chose a dog just because I was thinking along the lines of the Harvest Moon games. Um, since then though, I kind of switch back and forth between like a cat and a dog. Yeah. I normally have a cat and I name it Bella when I'm playing by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. because I'm, I name my character Joey and it's some version of myself, I guess. But, um, but when we played, we've played on, we've made two different farms, right? Cause I, I think you and I played and then we've made a farm with Tirza and Amy Mm-hmm. And we have cats on those too. I don't think I've ever had a dog in Stardew Valley. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I used to be. Yeah, a dog I want to get the dog model that has like his ears standing up. I think he looks really cute. Does it look like a <laughs> German Shepherd or something? Yeah, oh, that's something cute. Like that. Maybe more like a cattle dog. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. Um, Very cute. The, the last one, I guess, we should mention is Yoshi. Um, See, for me, this falls into that category of like the Blood Dragon and yeah well, like what do you do with it because you ride yoshi <laughs> in in super mario world i think yoshi was introduced in a, a a game prior to super mario world if i remember correctly but yoshi but super mario world was like the really kind of big coming out for yoshi at such a big mm-hmm. part of the story um but you didn't always need yoshi and yoshi didn't do anything on his own you rode him punched him in the back yeah. of the head yeah and that was about it Sometimes you callously yeah. discarded him when you needed to like get a little yeah, extra boost you to your jump, jump and right? Yourself from <laughs> like sorry, Yosh, see ya. But that's what I mean. It's like a tool that's being used on occasion. Except in Yoshi's Island, the sequel, right. you are Yoshi and you are doing right. all this stuff. So it's so it. It depends on the iteration right. of because in one iteration <laughs> he's too sentient because you are making all the choices and doing all the things. Yep. But in another iteration, he's just transportation. So and that doesn't even feel like a pet right. as much as like even a horse. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, very that's a very difficult one. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, for future games, I want I want companions that I don't have to have with me. I, I think I'm very picky with companions because like with horses, like I don't want it to be you know, it's going to have to control well. I don't want it to be too cumbersome because I'm going to be jumping off all the time. I want it to have some personality, but it can't have too much personality because then it's like it's a Yoshi kind of situation, you know. Um, but I want I, I just like having animals that are they can't die. That's the number one thing. Don't give me a fucking companion or a pet that can die. Um, I want it to have its own kind of quirky personality to where I feel like I make an attachment to it like in Red Dead um and yeah that's that's i think that's all i want pretty pretty simple yeah i think for me it depends on the type of game if there's a game that allows me to like customize whatever my living space Mm -hmm. is 
I wouldn't mind being able to have just like a cat that sits in the windowsill, but I can go up and pet the cat and maybe like talk to the yeah. cat. Yeah. But then also like, why not let people have like some fucking fish or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's just there as like to make your home feel more like a home and then just have a little bit of interaction, that's cool. But I also like the big open world games where my companion can assist me or go along and experience, you know, the adventure with me. I wish I wish either of us had played Seaman from back in the day. Um, if you haven't heard yeah. of it, you should go look it up. It's it's a fish that you get to it's a sim, it's a sim game where you have a fish and that fish has a human face and you can like mm. teach it stuff. You can like talk to it and teach it stuff and it supposedly learns I've never played it, but back in the day, I was, like, so fascinated by it. I want to say it first came out on Sega Saturn, but I think there was also a Dreamcast version. And I have a Dreamcast, so maybe I should try to track that down. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So, thank you guys for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about... We're going to look at the work of Dr. Regina McMenemy, whose dissertation Mm -hmm. was on gamer types. So, in her dissertation, she interviewed over a hundred gamers and came up with three primary gamer types, uh, self role and mastery players. So we're going to look at her work. We're going to talk about the three, the three different types. Um, we're going to talk about her ongoing work. So she has a podcast called game on girl, where she's continued to interview people about their types and kind of continue to dig into them. And one of the things that I think is interesting is she's basically kind of, kind of coming to the conclusion. I think that, um, there are combinations of gamer types. And so that's what we're right. going to look at. Yeah. We're going to look at what are our gamer types? How do we know that? Where where do we kind of see that? Uh, and talk about it a little bit more. But until then, you can reach us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Losperman. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.